Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The History Pod. My name is Lindsay and I am your host. Today's episode I'm so excited to bring to you. This has been a long time coming and I'm so excited that it's finally here. Today we are talking all about Amelia Earhart. She's known as the pilot that disappeared, but who is she really? And I'm really sad to say that I really did not know that much about her besides the fact that she tried to circumnavigate or go all the way around the globe and failed, Um, hence her disappearance. So I did a lot of research and these are the things that I found out about her and I'm so excited to share them with you and also ask some questions because I'm still curious about some things. The first thing that I found out about Amelia Earhart when I was doing research, and I started with the AmeliaEarhart.com website. I figured there's no better place to go. And the first thing that stuck out to me was that she was not impressed by planes all her life. She honestly could have cared less about planes. She saw one for the first time, and according to her website, she just didn't care for it. Um... And then a few years later, she took a flight, and this is where she caught the flying bug. Earhart is described throughout her life as being more of a tomboy and was fascinated by male-dominated jobs, especially male-dominated for the time period in which she was growing up, which was pre-World War I. So at this time period, women were still largely working in the home and were not working in non-traditional fields yet. So she was very fascinated by jobs like law, advertising, management, and even mechanical engineering. Another thing that I learned about her was how educated she was, and not just in the classroom. She actually, I don't think she really ended up finishing any school past high school. She spent some time in an all-girls finishing school, but left to work as a nurse's aide during World War I in Canada. Um, She did attend college. She went to Columbia University in New York City but left. Another website did say that she went to the University of Southern California where her parents were living, Um, but I'm also not sure if she graduated from there. There, I did not see anything that said she did. She was fiercely independent. She did not want to be seen as reliant on anyone and truly believed that women could do the same thing or more than what men could do, which I found was very impressive, especially for that time period. She was married, that is true, and she bought her first plane in 1921, so just over 100 years ago. Soon, she was the first woman pilot to reach 14,000 feet in the air. That is one thing I really learned about Earhart throughout, is that she was a risk taker, but more than that, she was a record breaker. She did so many cool things. In 1928, she became the first woman pilot to fly over the Atlantic Ocean. She flew from Newfoundland, which is north of the United States, to Wales, which is part of the United Kingdom. Later, Earhart was the first woman and only the second person to fly across the Atlantic solo. She also set many other individual flight records from different new heights as well as places. Earhart also did things that were not necessarily related to flight directly. She was the editor for Cosmopolitan for the flight section, so she did have to use her knowledge of flight, but I thought that that was a pretty unique 
experience that she got to do. While Earhart had all these other goals and did so many other cool things, her final goal was to be the first woman to fly around the world. She almost completed this. She was flying from New Guinea to a small island called Howland. There were many issues with this portion of the flight. Previous in her circumnavigation or flight around the world, she had had some issues with her radio. Um, and one of the other main issues was maps were wrong. So she did have a navigator in the plane with her. And they were actually redoing maps as they flew around the world. Then this was the real problem that they were about to face. The island of Howland is really small. It's only about a mile and a half by a half mile wide. So it is very small. So to help with landing, the U.S. Coast Guard came prepared with U.S. ships and they turned on all lights and lamps to help give them a lighted guide to the island so that they knew exactly where they were landing. Howland was considered uninhabited, which means that no one lived there. They also had to remove anything that was not absolutely necessary to allow for additional fuel storage. So because of how far New Guinea is from Howland and the fact that Howland is uninhabited, they needed to make sure that they had a lot of gas. So by removing as much stuff as possible, it actually gave them enough gas to be about 274 extra miles of gas, according to her website. The final issue was the weather. Earhart was supposed to have clear, clear skies, excuse me, and that was what the weather report had been saying. Unfortunately, that is not what happened, and it started raining as they took off, and they were just kind of in and out of rain showers, so it was not a consistent rain. Apparently, Earhart had multiple issues again with her radio transmitter and couldn't always hear the U.S. Coast Guard ship. And by 8.45 a.m. that day, Earhart's last transmission came through. At this point, they lost contact with her and do not have any sort of reference for where she landed or anything like that. They just know they did not see her again at this point. Now, the U.S. government did step in and the most extensive air and naval search in history began um, to this point. I'm not sure if there's been one that's been greater than this since. Over $4 million was spent. However, nothing came from her plane or from her body was ever recovered. Um, and this is what is known to have been from her plane or her body or her personal things. And even the navigator, there's been nothing found of his personal belongings or anything like that. So this leads us to our next portion. What really happened? I think the bottom line of this is that no one really knows, but there are multiple theories according to history.com, and this is where I got sucked in. So the most agreed upon theory or idea behind what happened is the crash and sink theory. So people believe that her plane simply ran out of gas, crashed, and sank to the bottom of the ocean. It is I think extremely important to note that after 15 years of searches of the ocean floor around where the plane should have been if that was the case from 
what they know about her course and about where she should have been, they have found absolutely nothing. They have found no pieces of the plane. They have found none of her personal belongings. So there's no evidence at this point. And they, again, did a two-week, $4 million search of the area immediately after the disappearance. So they were there right away and still could not find anything. Another hypothesis that they have is called the Gardner Island hypothesis. So this is the belief that Earhart actually landed on a different island about 350 miles away from where she was supposed to be. Gardner Island, which again is an uninhabited island, started to show signs of human life two weeks after the crash. So this leads us to believe that there is some support for this theory that it could actually be accurate. There have also been parts of a plane that showed up on this island, and the parts of this plane that they found would be a match for the type of plane she flew. There's no identifying feature, like there's no number on the plane or anything that said that from the parts that they have found, so it's not like they can do an exact match, but there is that evidence that it's the exact kind of metal that would have been used on that plane. They have also found a woman's shoe that would be the exact same size that Amelia Earhart wore. They found a makeup jar here, and that makeup jar actually had her um, initials or something on it that, or like it had an E on it, I think. So they were like, it could have been hers. There were also human bones found here, which that part is extremely important because again, this is considered an uninhabited island. So there should not be human remains here. But these bones that they found are not a match per se to Amelia Earhart. There is no genetic, no DNA proof that they're hers. And they could actually be male bones. So they might not belong to a female. There is a lot of argument and discussion about if they are would have been from a girl or from a boy. In 2017, a dog search party found no bones from Earhart or her navigator. So these are the only bones that had ever been found, and this group of dogs were unable to find anything else. They also did not signal that there was anything else to be considered while they were there. So they were not picking up any scents or anything like that. That information is all from history.com. Now, there's also an additional story published by the Smithsonian Magazine that talks a little bit about the Gardner Island hypothesis. And they said that there was a girl in Florida that heard Earhart radioing for help. She specifically heard cries of, let me out, and water is knee deep. This girl is not the only person who claims that they heard Earhart calling for help. So this gives more power to the claim that she actually landed on a reef offshore of Gardner Island. So not necessarily on the island directly, but just offshore. So let's think about why this theory could make sense. This island is not lived on, but yet suddenly human belongings are there. To me, that's a pretty big sign right there. Additionally, if the radio transmissions are accurate, 
they're giving a big clue that she really did land there, or at least was landing somewhere where she was able to land and not just crash, which would be supporting of the first theory of the crash and sink theory. Additionally, we need to talk about this makeup jar, cosmetics bag, whatever it was. First, it's personalized. It had either her husband's initial on it or hers. That's pretty big. I am very curious how something like that would have ended up on this island if one, it didn't even go to the island because again, they got rid of all non-essential things. And if she hadn't landed there, it couldn't have gotten there. Now, those are just the two main theories. There are a bunch of other ones, and I want to talk about what I think is my favorite. President Roosevelt had Earhart and her navigator serve as spies and gave them new identities when they came back to the United States. Now, during this time period, there was rising tension between the United States and different Pacific islands. Keep in mind, Earhart was doing this around the time of World War II. So there were a lot of tensions and a lot of disagreements going on. And I think that this one is so interesting because it's so deep and the thoughts behind it are so thought out. So not only did they make them spies, but gave them new identities when they came back for their safety and protection, which I just think would make a lot of sense because if somebody serves as a spy, you don't want people to find out who they are that they were giving information about. Now, a lot of people are asking, could she still be alive today? So she was born in 1897. So if she was still alive, she'd be about 125. So taking this into consideration, she's probably not still alive somewhere. But again, this doesn't disprove any of the theories. Instead, it reinforces just what we already know. Her body the plane and her navigator have never been found, or at least not to identify them with 100% certainty. And after a few hours of research, the one conclusion I've come to is that we might not know what actually happened. Ideas are going to continue to spread and be created. This is some, uh, the disappearance of Amelia Earhart is something so many people are interested in because of just that. There's so much mystery surrounding it. Ultimately, I do think that at some point, her plane crashed. However, where and how, I'm not sure we'll ever know exactly where that would be. Now, that's a lot to think about. It really is. So my question to you guys, and one that I want you guys to have a discussion about, is what do you think happened? And why do you think that's what happened? Thank you so much for joining me this week on this episode of The History Pod. Again, I'm so excited that I got to bring it to you, and I can't wait to do the next episode.